The Geek Therapy Network is holding a special giveaway where you can win two games from Manga Cat Studios on retro cartridges, one for SNES and one for Sega Genesis. One of the games is called Fork Parker's Crunchout, and it's a collaboration between Mega Cat, Devolver Digital, and Take This, with part of the proceeds going to support Take This's ongoing mental health efforts in the gaming community. Visit geektherapy.com giveaway to enter. You can learn more about the game at megacatstudios.com. Welcome to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. We are a psychology and gaming show. My name is Oscar Cardona, and this week I am with Lauren Keller. Hello. This month is Mental Health Month. So all month long on the Geek Therapy Network, we're doing a few new and exciting things. Uh, so for Mental Health Month, we're, we're doing some giveaways on the Geek Therapy Network, and uh, we'll be doing some extra uh, streams on Twitch. So you can find those at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. And just, you know, follow us on social media, see, see all the stuff we're working on, and it uh, should be fun. But right now, let's get into it, Lauren. Let's talk about time. You brought up this idea. I like it. What are, what are you thinking? Why, why did this uh, topic come to mind? Well, I, I wanted to talk with you about this topic because I have been playing Minute, which is this really fun indie game where you are only alive for 60 seconds and then you die and you uh, respawn back in your house and you have to start over. And it got me thinking about how, how Minute handles time and how other games uh, approach time from various mechanical and emotional standpoints. And, and I thought it would be really fun to have that conversation with you. Yeah. And I've, I've been checking out Minute 2. That's a fun game. I like it. I like uh, everything about it so far. I am stuck at it right now because <laughs> uh, it is a, a very interesting puzzle game. And it's like playing Groundhog Day within a big puzzle. Yeah. And, and I like it. I like it. I am stuck. But yeah, it is... Really interesting how, again, 60 seconds pass, you die, you start over at your house. But if you get far enough, you can trigger certain things that stay permanent in the world. So then when you respawn those things, even though it seems like some characters may be, like the world itself seems like it resets, except for these things that you're able to change. And so it's like you, you feel like you're getting a little bit farther every single time. And I like that. Well, what are your thoughts on the game? I think the most interesting thing to me is that even though it is about time, because it is such a constrained amount, it's only 60 seconds, and um, I know you can unlock uh, sneakers that let you walk faster, but in the beginning, you have a set pace that you can walk. So it's not really about 60 seconds, it's about how far you can go in 60 Mm -hmm. seconds. So it sort of takes time and turns it into distance, which I thought was really cool and something I haven't really seen in games, especially smaller, smaller indie games like this that are, you know, really cool to look at. And um, yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting how, how that mechanic sort of shifts the way that you think about time. It's not so much like, Oh, how long does it take me to get over to the inn? It's, can I get to the inn? Uh, can, can I go that far before dying? Yeah. How far can I go? Yeah. When the game started, I felt like, uh, well, this is the type of game that I would just walk around and like cut down every bush and look at an, inside every box and, and every corner and just take my time. But you can't because you've got 60 seconds. Yep. So there was this thing of like, I want to see how far I can go. I want to see how far I can go. Can I get to the next screen? There's a there's a part called the endless desert, right? A few times I've just gone through to see how far, how many yep. screens I can get through because maybe it isn't endless. Maybe there is something there. Yep, me too. <laughs> I'm like, wait, how many screens can I go before the timer runs out? Yeah, but it's it's not a regular like uh, a top down 
dungeon crawler. So we have to, I have to choose wisely. So what I what I realized was that even though I, I thought it would be stressful to have that time constraint, instead I'm like hyper focused. I'm like okay. During these 60 seconds, I'm going to do this very specific thing. And sometimes it's, let me see how far I can get on the map. And it's just like, oh, okay, I just found something. So I'm going to, next time, I'm going to go straight here. So every single time, what I'm doing is just really focusing in on, on one thing uh, during that time and sometimes trying to optimize the path. Sometimes you're just trying to figure out a shortcut so you can get to another part faster. And, and that has been a lot of fun. It's like, it does feel like a big puzzle. And and even that part of it feels like a puzzle. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely the, that that puzzle element of sort of planning out your moves. It, it's sort of it's sort of like um, uh, like playing speed chess. Basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know there are certain paths that you can take. You know, based on how the the landscape is shaped. And um, based on if you can swim or, you know, get across various obstacles, but you only have so much time to decide which paths you are going to take. So it's it's got this like excitement, but it's still very much like cognitive planning. You are planning what you're going to do. There's not, because it's only 60 seconds, there's not a lot of instances where you're just reacting to what the game does. It's, it's generally something happens and you die. And then you're like, okay, what do I do to avoid that next time? <laughs> Every time I find something new, I'm like, ooh, something new. And kind of, I kind of linger on it and I think about it and then I die because I forget. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I unlocked the ability to to chop down trees, I'm like, I'm gonna chop down all the trees, and I'm just like one square, one mm-hmm. page over, knocking down trees, and then it's like, you died. I'm like, oh right, I'm still on a timer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> can't just chop trees forever. All right. You can't. Oh man. Yeah. So that that has been. Um. I, I like you know, the cognitive puzzle aspect of it. Like, what am I gonna do? And then. I do like that as a game, like it's not, I don't know, I don't know if this is a spoiler for a minute, right? But like you do unlock more and more things that make the puzzle more complicated. So your your starting place can change over time. And that's something that surprised me actually, because I figured, I thought the game was way simpler than it turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, they added a lot of a lot of depth to it uh, in, a, in sort of surprising ways with having different different houses. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I went one place that kind of gives you your stats. I was like, you found 109 places. It's like, I did not expect a game that let me move 60 <laughs> seconds at a time to have 104, uh, 109 different areas within the game or 189, uh, 109 screens. Yeah. And, and I haven't found them all because I know there's some that I haven't reached yet. <laughs> that, that surprised me a lot. So it's like, it's very simple. Again, the game is in black and white. This is like... Not related to time at all, but did you see in the options that there's a vegan option? I didn't see that. Did yeah, you... I have no idea what it does. <laughs> what is Because do? I haven't eaten anything. There's a vegan option. That's, I, I thought it was weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it's like in Scott Pilgrim where being vegan gives you superpowers. <laughs> but that has not I hope so. uh, panned out. I hope so, too. <laughs> I turned it on. I'll let you know what happens. <laughs> okay, good. Good. <laughs> And so this game does a lot of cool things with time. Um, when we were thinking about how to to approach this topic, we just started listing games that had <laughs> yeah <laughs> right like that had uh, interesting uses of of time. And it wasn't until I think this morning when I was 
I was, I guess I didn't think about time and I've been thinking about time now uh, in this context. And I realized that uh, Monster Hunter, which is my, my current obsession, mm-hmm. that every hunt ha- actually has a time limit. And I really didn't think about that uh, as a mechanic of, of a game, but it is, it's absolutely a constraint and it absolutely changes the way that things, um, that, that you go about things. The other day I was on a hunt and we had to hunt two monsters within a window of time. And so the same idea within Minute is, is that, you know, oh, well, I can't just like go around and pick flowers, which is something that you can do in Monster Hunter <laughs> and that you need to do. It's like, okay, no, I need to avoid all these distractions and just go straight toward the thing that I need to get to. And I, I need to come better prepared because I have a limited amount of time. Now, the more I say these things out loud, right, or the more I've been thinking about them, the more I see parallels to to real life. You know, how, how time can, like as a constraint, can actually be beneficial. Like I've, I've been saying things like focus and better prepared and help you to achieve a goal. And when we started talking about this conversation, I didn't think that I would see these constraints in time or even the use of time in a way that was beneficial. I've always seen it as a, a pain in my ass. Like I want, a, I want an infinite <laughs> timer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about time in games and, and what I keep coming back to is thinking about why time is used the way that it gets used in games, right? It's like in Mario, you have 200 seconds to get through the world and touch the flag. And it's just sort of meant to urge the player along. And, you know, if you get stuck somewhere, at least the timer will run out and restart your level (laughs) and what have you. But, um, in you know more modern games we have we have such a, a wide variety of different types of games the the reasons that time gets gets used uh, sort of changes and, and it's interesting to sort of think about why those choices get made and um, how uh, once they're in the game how they affect player behavior now you're talking about um, in monster hunter having the timer, changes the way you plan out your hunt and what items you're going to bring because you know you need better stuff to to defeat you know whichever monster fast enough so that you can get to the second one but also you know games where it's not not so so much about collecting resources and 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 killing monsters um things like life is strange has a whole uh time control mechanic but the way that that is used is more about um, decision making and and uh, understanding the characters better and trying to to shift the story in ways that you prefer rather than you know a limit on how 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 many flowers you can collect before time is up. <laughs> and there, it's also a narrative choice in Life yes. is Strange because it, there could just be a button that says "Try again." Yeah, but it's not like narratively we're turning back time. Um, Max is able to revisit the same event. And since she's traveling back in time, she can and we can look at this experience with the knowledge of what happens if we do it another way. And and there's, uh, you know, now, now that I've said that, there's a lot of, of overlap in Life is Strange and Minute, even though they couldn't look less alike. Um, there There's the same thing where it's like, Max is going back in time, but basically like, oh, I, you know, I moved the the paint can 
and then went back in time and and shifted this thing and then in minute it's like oh <laughs> i um unlocked this one thing and when the minute restarts then it sort of shifts what what i'm able to do in a scene there is a, there's also a narrative reason in minute which is you you grab like when the game starts you you don't have that that you're not in that loop yeah but then you pick up this cursed sword and now now you're cursed right so you yep. get this 60 second loop I guess uh, Majora's Mask uses uh, time time constraints in a narrative fashion, right? You have three yeah. days to complete to complete your mission, and so you're constantly going through these three days and going back to the beginning and moving things. Um, that's kind of the, like the earliest example I can think of that I ever played. Yeah, yeah, and definitely Minute takes a lot of reference points from from Zelda games, Link, Link's Awakening, and Majora's Mask. Even Ocarina of Time, you play. Like, I don't know, that was my, that, that, that's why it's one of my favorite games. It's the first game I remember playing and being able to travel through time and then doing things in two different time periods that could affect the outcome, right? Or that you had to move things in two different time periods to be able to, to move forward in the story. Yeah. But these are like narrative examples, right? I think we could, we could keep coming up with any uh, game that has some sort of time travel <laughs> or some sort of <laughs> technically keep talking and nobody explodes has a, a, <laughs> a time element <Yes>. um, <laughs> in the narrative. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, extrapolating from that, keep talking and nobody explodes, t- time is l- literally like death. <laughs> you yeah, hit zero yeah. and you quote unquote die. Yeah. And I think that that is really interesting from from a psychological perspective of how many how time is is so connected to the idea of death and you know I'm sure everybody's picturing the the hourglass with the sands running out just how in some games the choice to use that I feel is very intentional as as a way to make you think about death and time running out so to speak versus just having like literally it's an end point so that the the game cycle completes that's a good point because so time in a game in some games does mean the the end of your your life but another is it's just like oh you you fail that mission now you have to do something else i mean i know that there are some games that are way more um what's the word like there's more finality to, to certain things mm-hmm. that uh, if you don't do it within a certain time, that thing disappears forever. That was that was your only opportunity to do it. And there are games where there is a form of permadeath. I know that there's a game recently. I forgot what it was. That if you die in the game, literally, like the game ends and you have to start over from the beginning. There's no save point. And I'm sure there have been a few. Yeah. But some games you you can there's like a permadeath for your character, and then you can come back and then continue on as someone else because that character met an end it isn't always time related it isn't always that way but death in games which i know is something that, that you you like to talk about <laughs> yeah i can't help myself <laughs> yeah 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 how did we get here oh yeah oh lauren was lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any more examples uh, of anything you can think of that like uses time and death in that in that way that's like really maybe unique or that that kind of affected you differently? Um, I... Uh, well, I just played Passage today because you, oh, yeah, you mentioned yeah, it to yeah. me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? Tell me tell me your yeah. experience of playing that. So I was excited to see that that was Jason Rohr who who just did One Hour, One Life. It was kind of cool that I, I had not played I didn't, that game I before. didn't realize it was the same guy. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Which obviously also is an example um, for what I just asked, probably. Yeah. Uh, but but in Passage, um, he does a few different things with time, right? There is 
every time you play the game, there is a limited amount of time that you can play it. And as you're progressing, like it's a very narrow band, right? It's like super widescreen. Mm-hmm. And as you're you're walking on the screen, over time, you're actually moving towards the right side of the screen. So like you're always centered in in the screen, but the center of your of you is in a different place on the screen. It starts on the left hand side and it slowly moves towards the right. So at the end of of your time, you're actually at the end of your time. It's like you're moving through a timeline. Yeah. Uh, it's it does a lot of really cool things with the idea of of the passage of time. And that game, it's very like you're always moving forward. So, well, technically, when you move forward on your timeline, then you're getting older and time progresses. You can, like, move up and down, but then, and that won't uh, affect time. But then once you move, you keep moving to the right, it does progress time. And then every, every step you take, you're getting older. Every step you take, you're getting closer to the end of the timeline, which means you're getting closer to the end of your time, which means you're going to reach your death. And that was a really interesting uh, experience because it's like, it's, at the forefront, right? Like what you're thinking about the whole time is that time that you have, which in one hour, one life is is different because you're constantly trying to, even though technically you you really can't live for longer than an hour, you are trying to extend that hour <laughs> or I mean, or extend every, every minute. Like you're trying to get older yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to survive and reach that full hour. Like one hour is your max. You may never achieve it. I once made it to 44 minutes. Oh, good job. Yeah, I, I feel very accomplished, <laughs> but uh, it's hard. It's hard, and it depends on on lots of things to to be able to to just live for that long. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you played that. That um, for our listeners, that that game is available free online. It's called Passage. You should mm-hmm. check it out. Let me tell you about this game called Fort Parker's Crunch Out from Mega Cat Studios. Actually, I'm I'm just gonna read what's on their website. It says. Fort Parker's Crunchout is a collaboration between Megacat Studios, Devolver Digital, and Take This for the label's first ever Super Nintendo Entertainment System release starring the company's larger-than-life CFO, Fort Parker. The game aims to raise awareness of the all-too-real issue of game dev crunch through a playful look at the pressures of game development, exaggerated by the menace that is a game publisher executive. Devolver Digital is donating 100% of their profits from sales to Take This to support their ongoing efforts to raise awareness and combat mental health issues. So I think this game is really cool for a few reasons. One, it's designed to create awareness about a mental health issue. Two, part of the proceeds go to support Take This. And three, it's on a freaking SNES cartridge. How cool is that? Crunchout is up for pre-order now. You can read more about the game or pre-order a copy at megacatstudios.com. And at the time of this recording, we're giving away two Megacat games, Crunchout on SNES and Coffee Crisis on Sega Genesis. To enter for a chance to win, visit geektherapy.com slash giveaway. Yeah, I definitely like when games make us think about real life and ourselves and how we um, relate to one another and how we understand our own life you know the fact that it will eventually end there will be a game over for us all <laughs> now, to be fair some of us think about uh, real life things when we play games more than others i can't yes. help myself yeah. <laughs> me neither <laughs> <laughs> i just had i had an idea and now it's it is disappearing um oh oh um the the recent hitman game uh which mm-hmm. is a game it's all about 
patterns and repeating itself and you you replay the level over and over and over again and and learn how all of the pieces interact and that you know the timing for when certain characters are going to go certain places so that you can you know be the best assassin of all time Uh, but they included this um and i'm forgetting what they call it in the game but they have uh hits that have a a timer limit where you only get one shot and it's only available for a certain amount of time to to attempt it but um you're playing on these levels that in theory you should know very well because you've played them over and over again and you're using that knowledge um to (laughs) to complete a mission um in a game that that doesn't really focus on time so much but they they added in a time element to make it more impactful and make it feel more realistic to uh, actually being an assassin you don't have you know hundreds of attempts to murder somebody you only get one and then you get caught by the police Uh, (laughs) but um i i thought that that was a really interesting way that that time shifted the way that the game is played and how how players think about um, moving within the game space is affected by, you know, having a timer or not having a timer. At, at some point when you were talking about Hitman just now, I was thinking of timing, right? Like here you're talking about a window, but like timing, sometimes there, it could be a QTE event. It could be something as simple as uh, like even... The Mario and Luigi RPG games or the um, the Steven Universe RPG game is the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Where like if you like you can select an attack, but then when the animation is going, if you time your tap with the animation at the same time, you get a bonus. Like that's what fighting games are all about. Fighting games are very much about very deliberate, very exact timing. You have to time your combos in a very specific order and they have to go in a certain way. And it's very technical in that sense. And your timing and your opponent's timing, like that matters to see who's going to get the hit and who's going to get the block. Like you have to block and it could be, you know, a fraction of a second, but all of that is, is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's, that's special about video games as a medium is that the, the technology is capable of doing that kind of extremely small math measuring milliseconds uh, it's not something that that is really comparable in um you know like board or card games is like you can have a timing element but it's never as precise as what computers are capable of oh now we're just geeking out about time now i just thought of celeste right which we've <laughs> talked about recently and, yeah and that game does something really special with time which is that it lets you play at a at a slower speed yeah. And actually, it doesn't, now that I just thought of this, it doesn't let you play faster. It yes. lets you play slower. You can only slow it down. But I just played, um, or, or I've, I've been on and off playing the Final Fantasy VII um, port for PS4. And I believe on PC it's the same way. It lets you double the time. So you can actually play it faster. There it makes sense, right? It isn't a, in Final Fantasy there isn't any precision jumps that need to be done, right? You're progressing through yeah. a story. Your your fights happen through menus. <laughs> so you just need to move through the menus a little faster. You're always waiting, right? Because um, depending on what level you're on, it takes a certain amount of time for your attacks to go through. So moving faster is actually, I don't know, like it's actually more fun for me because like, yeah, yeah, let's go through it a lot faster. <laughs> but in Celeste, there were parts that were so hard that only by slowing it down could I really time the jumps correctly and really have the platforms moving in a certain way 
that I was able to just honestly wrap my head around it. <laughs> yeah, Celeste is such a challenging game. I, I love that they added in the ability to to slow it down and turn on invincibility and stamina and stuff. It's, it's, we are we already talked about this. I love that game, <laughs> even though I am very not good at it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Another another thought I had. You brought up Final Fantasy and and a lot of JRPGs. Their story, or maybe maybe just RPGs in general. Um, you have these like fantastic apocalypse is coming or you know you have to defeat ganon <laughs> before he gains all of his power or whatever there's there's this sort of time element to the narrative where it's like you you need you the hero need to defeat the bad dude it, it feels like there's this pressure to do it in a certain amount of time but there actually isn't any any sort of timer for that you know i'm thinking of breath of the wild and it's like zelda's been waiting a hundred years for you and i'm like that's cool i'm gonna go pick mushrooms for four days there's <laughs> never been a game where i felt that as much as breath of the wild because the game is constantly reminding you <laughs> like you woke up after a hundred years and you can see the threat. Like, you can see Ganon floating around the castle at all times. Yep. Like, no, but I want to see... Like, And everyone's like, oh, man, gosh, this sure is bad going on over there. And you're like, yeah, but I found all the chickens. Yeah, but there's like <laughs> there's like a Maraca guy that wants me to find these little Korok seeds. And I want to I wanna keep looking for I those. I want to keep helping him out. Yeah, there's a cool horse over in the snow somewhere. I want to go do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then you know, in in other other games, um, you know, like Final Fantasy and stuff, where even as like real time passes, like you've been grinding it out, leveling up your guys for a couple hours, and then you come back into town, and all of the NPCs say the exact same things: "No time has passed." Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's always an interesting choice that is in games. I mean, generally the choice is that it's not really a choice. It's that it would be impossible to actually program everybody to um, all of the characters to actually be affected by time. But also it's, it is still a choice to make it. So um, you get these sort of frozen box things that you build in grade school. Frozen box things. A diorama? Like diorama, a diorama, there you go. Yeah, you go. yeah. yeah. Frozen <laughs> frozen dioramas uh, where where the people don't, they don't change or anything. Or they do change, but only when you flip a switch in game. You collect the specific item or you defeat the specific boss in the area. And then time progresses. And I always think that that's an interesting, interesting way where it's like, I've been playing this game <laughs> for more than one day, but in game, it's been like 15 minutes. <laughs> time has passed. So uh, I think, you know, Animal Crossing tried to do that. And in many ways, the, the world does continue to live on. And, and actually, I, I'm a little hesitant because I'm not an expert at uh, Animal Crossing, but I'm I'm almost certain that the the game is always alive and everybody. No, this is very Animal Crossing is a very simple game um, in many respects, but this part of it is always um, fascinating to me because all those characters there are living their lives and there are things that you miss all the time because you weren't there when they were happening. 
and you have to do it within a particular window. And you can send somebody something or they can send you gifts or, or other things are happening. People will move in and out of the town while you weren't there. And it, it's independent of you. The game allows you to live there anytime you want, but the, the world doesn't stop like most games do. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that many games have ever done that. I mean, Rockstar this week talked about um, Red Dead Redemption Two, and what they explained sounded like Animal Crossing. <laughs> they said that that world is alive, and everybody there is is just living their life. And when you come and interfere with that, they will react accordingly, <laughs> and things will be different depending on when you're there. Uh, you know, at different times. Um, but I, I'm sure that that part of, uh, like you said. Uh, there will be things that happen in the world that will be triggered by your actions that will then make other things change. But the idea that they're even trying to do that or trying to give that impression that the world is alive and people are actually living lives that may, in fact, be changing over time and there are events that you'll be able to miss completely, that's really exciting. Yeah, I, I never played a lot of Animal Crossing but um, I watched I watched my brother play a little and and some of my friends, and and that that's a really good game to bring up for this conversation because because it's totally true. And a really good comparison point is the um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp mobile game that came out earlier this year, and it has some similarities to <laughs> Animal Crossing game, but they, they made these really interesting choices where in the Animal Crossing console games, the there are timers, uh, but they're invisible to you. So it feels more like a real world. It takes, you know, a certain amount of time for apples to grow on a tree or for flowers to bloom. But you don't ever see those countdown timers. It's all internal game processing. So you just sort of like living your real life. <laughs> you don't you don't know the exact amount of time it will take for your, you know, garden to grow carrots or whatever, but you know eventually it'll happen. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> but in in Pocket Camp, the the trees have timers on them you you shake off the fruit and then it's like okay three hours from now there will be new fruit and having that timer on screen where you can see it i feel totally changed the way that people thought about animal crossing and it became much more mechanical gathering resources and less about you know being in a space with you know in a town with your neighbors and your environment and you can affect things and they can affect things and instead it was just like no come back here and tap tree to get apples every three hours every three hours <laughs> uh, stardew valley and i'm gonna bring up monster hunter again <laughs> yeah in both of them you can you can basically farm uh there you can harvest things in in Monster Hunter, and the the time reference or the or the the unit of time for things to grow and for things to happen. There's a lot of things that are that are dependent on time. There's like people that come and go from from the port. There are and then things will grow. Um, you know, you can harvest things, and the unit of time is quests. So every time you go on a quest, it counts as one unit of time, essentially, for a lot of things to trigger. So some things will take three to four quests for something to happen, or three to four quests or two quests for this you know, type of mushroom to, to cultivate at the, at the harvest. And I think that, that that's, again, like a very mechanical um, version. And I think Sardu is that completely, like to 100%. From the moment you start Sardu Valley, 
there's this frame of reference right? it's like your grandfather's there and he just died and he's like i'm gonna revisit you in three years I'm like what <laughs> what and then you're constantly like I, i'm constantly thinking about that date is gonna come and you're playing one day two days right technically it's like 30 days per season so it's like 120 days in game would be a year yeah and but everything is per day right everything um everything takes one or two days or 10 days or however many days to go through so in that sense it's, it's very much a i'm gonna call it a puzzle again but it is really like you're doing stardew valley is really like an excel spreadsheet that you're laying out <laughs> <laughs> you are <laughs> right to maximize yeah it's, yeah it's true i mean i hope people are able to to play it in a way that's fun and not so like I have to meet my Excel spreadsheet goals. <laughs> I think I think everybody eventually gets to that point in that game because to maximize your yields, like at first you're like just you know you're planting something here and planting something there. At the end, everybody's got like grids and sections yep. and color coded. <laughs> <laughs> you set up your sprinklers to have max <laughs> yep. impact and everything. Yep, it's a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. There's a there's a lot of those sort of sim management games utilize time in that way where it's sort of constraints for for when and how many resources you can get. The passage of time in games is something that uh, I think is is interesting. Like it's it stresses me out in uh in Breath of the Wild, for example, or even in Ocarina of Time and lots of games, when it turns into night, I'm like, oh, that's just not a good sign. <laughs> oh, no, want, no, no, no. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. And games that actually have, again, even from Ocarina of Time, uh, the, just the first game I remember doing that, where you can see the sun setting. You're like, oh, man, you can see time passing. Now, it's, it, it's kind of an illusion of time passing because... Not until Majora's Mask is there actually three days, you know, uh, mm-hmm. where, where that actually matters. In Ocarina of Time and, and even in Breath of the Wild, like a day passes and come, they come and go and, you know, it, it just goes on forever. There isn't really any consequence to it other than adding variety. Mm-hmm. But playing God of War, you started playing God of War now, right? Yeah. So the passage of time in that game, there's something about it that is interesting because you are playing through a story, but because there's only one cut it always feels like it's like you're yeah, like you're moving in real time in a sense even though again that's an illusion because really you can progress straight through the story or you can go and only i mean or you can go and do every single side quest and regardless of which which one you choose it's all one cut right the camera never moves away you're always seeing the perspective like you're 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 playing in real time it doesn't matter if it actually takes you 20 hours in game or 60 hours in game, you're going to end up in the same place and things are going to trigger the same way. But something about not having a loading screen when you enter somewhere or not having a cutscene be completely separate from what you're doing or having, again, like time pass within from, what, from one scene to another, one chapter to another, that feels really interesting because when you pick up the controller, you feel like you're still playing that same day. Like you set out in the morning to do something with your son and you're still... You're st- it's it's still that same day because of the way that everything is presented. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that that style of, of not having the the cuts away and having it feel like it this is one ongoing story that you are um, following. I wonder if that adds to um, player engagement, where where it's easier to feel engaged if you if you're just jumping back into the same the same point even though there are stops where you you know you eat or take a shower or <laughs> go to sleep 
is like it, your brain just sort of clicks in where it's like, this is where we left off. We are unpausing and continuing our adventure. It's see, from my experience, I I went about a week without playing and I, I had no idea what the buttons did. Again, I've forgotten everything. <laughs> Forget everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is a point when uh, it doesn't help anymore. But I, I don't know. There's Again, there's something about feeling like in the same way that uh, Breath of the Wild feels silly in the in the fact that it doesn't matter like 80 hours in I'm still yeah yeah I'm I'm almost there Zelda just just give me yeah, just give me, keep, keep give me a few more minutes yeah 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 I'm almost there <laughs> in God of War again it feels like okay we're we're moving from point 8 like we're trying to get to this particular location and we set out this morning and it's we're still moving I don't know I don't I don't know if if uh if it has the same effect on people or if it even has that effect in particular I know I, I felt that way uh, at a certain point because you can practically look back or there are m- moments in the game where you look back to where you were a few hours ago and like narratively it's like yeah we just left there look there it is and now we're moving to that place and yeah we're, we're, it's slowly I mean, it's getting closer when I, when I played through um Rise of the Tomb Raider, even though I played it over the course of a, a couple of weeks, like when I think about it, it is one cohesive story. There aren't the breaks where I stopped and did other stuff or played other games. Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely uh, time and narrative syncing up real nicely together. Yeah. There's also, there's also a sense of space, I think, that affects oh, that. Oh, Totally. Totally. Yeah, because I haven't played Rise yet, but I did play the, the original Tomb Raider. And you're like, you're on an island, right? You're on the same island. You're trying to get off that island. That's mm-hmm. that's the adventure. And <laughs> right? I mean, that's kind of it. But uh, uh, like when you when you said Mario, um, there's a there's a timer there. But also Mario is always like you can't go back in the original Mario. Yeah, there's no backwards. It's only forwards. Yep. The game is always moving you forward and i wonder if at some point they were like you know we need to give people a timer too to like get them moving even further and you know last week we talked about fortnite on the show and fortnite PUBG, they shrink the map to make to really progress the story forward like if, if that map never shrunk <laughs> that can be really boring because there's constantly <laughs> it, would tur- it would turn into animal crossing <laughs> exactly you're just waiting and waiting oh my gosh like, I just hours gotta, and hours looking for somebody yeah go to the fortnite island and people have like built a resort and <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> yeah. like, like a part of me a part of me thinks that a game like that would be fun but it w- it could take 10 hours to finish a match yep. you know um oh I, I like the idea i like the idea of like uh that game maybe you could like save like you put a hammock up in a tree or something like that so you're hiding basically when you leave the game and you come back and <laughs> i like this game i like i like where it's going but at the same time like that's a very niche game like you can't yeah. <laughs> that's not going to be a phenomenon like like uh, the battle royale games um so so like having all these things work together to kind of push things forward or or do something or say something narratively and, and mechanically i think is uh is interesting i think a really good example we haven't brought up yet is super hot, which literally time is space as you time only passes when you move. So this this is one where I feel like where I was like, hmm, I don't know how how much is really time. I think it's more movement, right? Because it really is nothing moves until you move. And I know that it's like the passage of time. Uh, does is is affected by your movement, but it feels I don't know. The more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know how to bring it into this conversation. <laughs> it, 
it, it it's an interesting uh, game mechanic. From I, I guess I'm looking at it more from from that side rather than from oh, yeah, yeah. the uh, player experience side. But uh, basically tying space and time together so that they they aren't distinct is a is a really interesting take on how how we think about time and how we think about movement because in in real life that's true right you can't move and not have it take up time right but you can not move and time still moves yes then that's that's where super hot is like weird and gets very puzzly it's not very um, realistic it is not realistic <laughs> not realistic but uh where it becomes very gamey but it, it's definitely a mechanic that uh at least for me definitely brought in uh me thinking about how movement and time are are very interconnected especially as you know the way that we experience both as human beings the other the other thing i wanted to talk about um sort of outside of the the game itself is uh, speed run speed running how players have made an additional game layer on top of a game where trying to complete a game in the fastest amount of time or the shortest amount of time and and competing with each other over who can you know <laughs> do the the backflip through the wall to make the door open <laughs> special speed running glitches uh, the fastest. Um, and how basically adding time as an additional gameplay element, even in games that don't necessarily use them already. You know, every time I'm going to play a new game, or sometimes when I'm considering getting a new game, I will look up, um, look the game up on howlongtobeat.com. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's pretty much a survey, right, of how long it took people to, to beat a certain game. And, like that, the idea of how long a game takes to complete is something that shouldn't um, concern me whatsoever because <laughs> because most games I never finish, and then some games like Monster Hunter, I'm like, and and Breath of the Wild, I restarted, you know, and I've got over a hundred hours in both of them. I never beat them, but I wanted to start them again from the beginning. Like like it shouldn't that shouldn't matter to me, but it it does. <laughs> yep. Um, and I want to know, but then it's like taking that to a whole other level, right? It's like, okay, I beat this game once and it took me five hours. Can I do it in four? Can I do it in three? <laughs> and then when you when you look at speedruns and it's like, can I do it one-tenth of a second faster and, yeah. break, and break that record? It's, it's like bringing it back to a minute. It takes that idea of how far can I go in the amount of time that I have. It's like, can I go just as far in less time? Yeah. And that is, um, it's like a it's self-imposed um, layer of uh, difficulty, challenge, fun, right? There's a there's a level of mastery that comes from from being able to take a game and like just like, once you're speed running a game at that point, it's something else, right? It's like you're yeah. you're, you're so good at the game, you're 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 looking at the game completely differently. There's a there's a trophy and an achievement for Gone Home. To beat it in, I think it's like in under a minute or under two minutes or something like that. What? I like the idea of that, but I can't imagine <laughs> that experience. Like that experience is so, like I remember very vividly the experience of playing Gone Home the first time from beginning to end. And I can't imagine like going into it 
thinking like, I need to do it in under two minutes. So I can get that trophy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not the same game at that point. And yeah. it's it's a completely different experience. That's that is very true. It's it's like making the game a foundation of your own game where yeah. where you, you're adding your own rules and constraints on top of the the basic shape of of whatever game you're playing. I keep thinking about um Super Mario 64 speedrunners. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a that's a whole game, but what if <laughs> I do super jumps? into Bowser's castle through the walls and now I'm Bowser I win yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. at that point it's something else although there are there are like I, I don't know the the terminology for some of these things some of them you glitch through some of them like it's a a, a legit playthrough where you actually go mm-hmm. through everything like to see people go through some I, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's Mario World I saw it where like you're flying, you're just flying through a few of the levels, and then or it might be Mario Three where it's like you fly through a level, then you get the whistle, then you fly through the level, fly through another, get the whistle. like you're you're done. Like you really only play like three levels, and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, okay, that's cool. Find all the it's, shortcuts. It's cool that you, you'd even design the game to be able to be beat that way. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, yeah. I always wonder um, if game designers intend for these things to be to be found or exploited or if it's totally something that they it just happened to work out that that players could exploit the game in such a way and they're just as surprised as everybody else (laughs) (laughs) well that happens a lot but there are other games like i don't know i think far cry 4 was one of those where the game starts and you're having dinner with someone and then it basically it's like uh, okay follow me and then the game starts but you can actually never follow the person out right yeah just you stay can, in the room you can beat the game by just waiting right yeah and then the credits start rolling <laughs> like, okay <laughs> that's cool that's cool i like stuff like that anything else you wanted to i to, mean to so much more but i think that we've we've got a, a good good discussion here and i would love to hear from um the listeners what they think and um what sort of interesting time mechanics they've encountered and how that make makes them think about their own time. It's funny. I said I didn't want a stream of consciousness about time in video games. That's exactly what we I did. I couldn't. I can't help myself, Josue. This is just, it's how, it, this is this is what you get with me. It's just going to be me being like, games? They're cool. What about that game? It's cool, too. Did you play that game? Remember that one? Oh, remember? Remember? Oh, man. Uh, but this was this was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm thinking about well, just just the idea of having this conversation for the last few days. I've been looking back at a lot of games and looking at them differently because of this aspect. Again, like even something as simple as as Monster Hunter, which I'm playing every day. It's like, oh yeah, time. <laughs> See, me. I, I mean, I've been thinking about that stuff, but I I also pulled open Steam and Steam tracks how long you have played games. <laughs> And so I'm like looking through, it's like, oh, you've played this game for 17 minutes. You've played this game for 70 hours. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I needed that much information, Steam. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I yeah. love having that data, but then sometimes I think about it too much and I'm like, wow, I could actually 
take Steam info and find out what percentage of my life I've spent playing specifically Steam games. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to know that. Too much, too much knowledge. Too much knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, it's a badge of honor. I've played 130 hours of Monster Hunter. Other times I'm like, ugh, I don't want to tell anybody that I've played 130 <laughs> hours of Monster Hunter. <laughs> You're like, oh no, I've played more Monster Hunter than I've held my niece. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) And I've done a lot of things, actually. Time. Time. Yeah. (laughs) I've had a good time. I had a good time, too. (laughs) And it's time to wrap up. (laughs) Do it. If you're interested in more episodes of Headshots, visit headshotspodcast.com. Uh, we were talking about constraints earlier. Right now, um, one of the streams that we're doing on Twitch is a Nuzlocke run, which is Zach is playing Pokemon with a whole bunch of crazy rules put on top of the regular game. It is more challenging and also very funny to see him <laughs> going through what he's going through, what he's putting himself through. Yeah, uh, Lots of fun. <laughs> uh, you can find our Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash geektherapy. Check us out on Twitter at HeadshotsCast. I am at Josue Cardona. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. If you have any questions or comments, definitely email us hello at headshotspodcast.com. And it is Mental Health Month. We'll be doing a lot of things um, on the Geek Therapy Network. So you can go to geektherapy.com for more information on that. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks. You've just listened to Headshots on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and our other podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider supporting us for as little as $1 a month at our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash geektherapy.